0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am your host, Troll Dude, And today, before we get into anything else, I need to remind you, we will be at the Henry James Saloon for the first You Know Ball live podcast on Thursday, November 18th at 9 p.m. It's free to get in. We're going to be hanging out, drinking beers, eating wings, cheesesteaks. They have a lot of good food there. Love that bar. It's so much fun. So we're just going to all be hanging out. You can come up to the mic. You can say what up. We're going to be live streaming the event. You can talk with us about the Sixers. It's pretty much like we're just going to be at the bar talking. It's not like we're up on like a stage or anything. Like we'll just be at the bar talking about the Sixers. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Hopefully by then the team will be safe and healthy and all that fun stuff. Because Joel Embiid went into safety protocols as we know today, which is incredibly unfortunate. And I hope that him and Tobias and Thibault and Isaiah Joe, they're all Okay. Hopefully they'll all be back for that game so we can enjoy the game together against the Denver Nuggets on Thursday, November 18th at 9 p.m. So please, it's right around the corner, cross the street kind of from Del Sandro's. It's very easy to get there. It's on Jamestown Road. You can Google map it. I can put the address in the description. All that fun stuff. Please, please, please join us if you have the ability to. It's the first one. We want to have it be a huge success, and I want to get to meet you guys and talk to you guys and do all that fun stuff. On top of that. This episode today, we talked Sixers, Celtics. We actually recorded for so long that I'm breaking this episode up into two parts. The first part is me and Turn from Celtics Twitter talking about the Sixers and the Celtics, mainly the Celtics, but we also talked about the Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons rumor that's out there that I sorry to disappoint you, does not sound real to me. But we talked about <laughs> all all the implications of of a trade that could happen. With that, we talked about the Celtics' disappointing start, which I'm sure a lot of Sixers fans will be happy to hear. Then we talked about Doc Rivers and the Sixers and kind of how they've just been on a little bit of a weird start in a good way, kind of the opposite of the Celtics. So we had a great conversation. And then in the second part of the episode that's coming out later in the week, we talked all about real hoopers. We talked ball don't stop. We talked about like Turn gave his his best hoopers of all time. I gave my best current hoopers in the NBA and we just had a great conversation about calculator boys, efficiency boys versus the real hoopers conversation and why this stupid culture war should end because we appreciate both sides. We love some real hoopers. We love some awesome, great ball handlers, shooters, scorers, but we also appreciate the other side of the argument as well. So we kind of went, we dove head first into basically the complexities of that all. I cannot believe that we talked so long about it, but it was a lot of fun, and I really appreciate him taking his time to sit down with me for so long and and talk about these things, because he, just like me, is a huge NBA nerd, and we really nerded out on this episode. So, you know, all the stuff I say up top usually, five-star reviews. We have 88 right now. We're almost at 100 five-star reviews. Well, not all five-star reviews, but reviews on Apple podcast which is absolutely awesome and i cannot believe that we've gotten that many uh it's like continuing to help us move up the basketball charts on there and it's it's just absolutely absolutely awesome you can donate in the square to support the podcast so i can keep this free you can uh, join the Discord and talk hoops with us. I think we're almost at 150 in there. It's been so great just to talk with all you unhinged Sixers fans, just like me, and uh, we've had a lot of fun and uh, hope to continue it. So enjoy this part of the the episode. It will be. Uh, I have a few things planned for this week. I might end up doing three episodes just because I have a lot of ideas for content. Um, Hopefully, the next episode, I'll be able to talk a little bit more about the Sixers. Um, they play the Knicks tonight, so I'm hoping that uh, we can we can dive a little bit deeper into that next time. But I, ha- I, ha- I have a lot of ideas and things I want to get out there in the next few weeks. So, uh, once again, enjoy. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And uh, you're the best.
1: We work on and they send it. Wow. You know, my pride was colder than Chicago in December. Damn, my bitch came up in ankle with her mama, was her daddy. Yeah. And when I'm in the mix, when she yeah. say, Holla at your family. Holla. My dog paid me that cup, taste like candy. Yeah. My dog laws out laying them the law, ain't breaking the laws outside, not rock. Beats outside, still fucking in the car, still flipping in the car, still shooting at cars. Yeah.
0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill BroDude. And today we have a very special guest. We have a very appropriate guest for the news that has broke this morning that has ruined his life. So t- <laughs> today we it won't have on a <laughs> <that> cold sweat. <laughs> today we have on Sailor Turney. We'll pretend like we didn't record this already and now we're re recording it. AKA Turn. So Turn. What was your first reaction when you saw Sham Sarandia's report about the uh, Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown rumors?
1: If you do, you want like my real first thought or like the reactionary thought? Because my real first thought was uh, like honestly, the first thing I thought wasn't even like horror or wasn't like oh my god. My first thought was like damn. Like if if Jalen Brown, I mean not if Ben Simmons thought that playing for like Philly was too mentally taxing. Just wait until fucking Scal is telling him he's a loser. <laughs> Like, that was my first thought. I was like, "Yeah, the one, the one point four PPG wonder, questioning his will to win after every loss in December." <laughs> and I was like, "He can barely handle what he's going through now." And okay, then I, thought, I, um, I
0: will. Before you get to your second thought, I just want to say about Scal, the one thing he would love about Ben Simmons, uh, drive and kick. That's literally like he, Scal is. His kink is driving and kicking Um, funny because
1: I've never seen him make a forward move to the basket once in his career. (laughs) He was a very stationary man. Yeah, no, he, anytime he goes on the low
0: post, he'll basically just be like the Celtics just need to drive and kick more. And he'll say that like 10 times throughout the episode. And I'm like, that's all Ben Simmons does. So if you want a guy who can drive and kick, I got your guy right here. And second thing, I always just confuse uh, I, for years, I'm not even joking. I confuse Michael Rappaport and Brian Scalabrini Like oh, no.
1: <laughs> he's literally oh. just the Boston version of Michael Rapaport in my Which is mind. Funny because he's from like California, but he has a he has Boston he right energy ahead, right out. Yeah, 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 yeah. He and obviously fam and things of that nature. Um, <laughs> but so, what no. was your second thought? My second thought was go fuck yourself. And my third, <laughs> my third one was like. Jalen like Jalen Brown like like that's what they think they're getting out of this like Jalen Brown like okay I got to talk about uh Celtics Twitter you know I love all you guys well some of you um some of you are are terrible but um yeah like I mean every single time Jalen Brown has a good game I have to hear about his off-ball defense or I have to hear about some like shit like that but it's like but he's still like he's a great shot creator he's a great wing he can shoot he can score he can do all these things and I'm like The defense right now is bad, but like the offense is worse. And Ben Simmons, like we individual defenders, like oh yeah, we we had a we had a DPOY candidate to the thing. This defense isn't getting any better, but I'll tell you that the offense is getting a lot worse. Yeah, obviously. I mean, to have to in a half court setting, a corner shooter is not going to work. No, and
0: and I think that we all can realize that this was a. Leak from Daryl Morey. It's it's very obvious. I talked with some Celtics fans about this. It's very obvious when Morey does the leaking versus uh, other people because the report is usually the Sixers get back all star player versus when it's other teams. It's like, can I interest you in Malik Beasley and Jade yeah. McDaniel's?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, J- uh, Ben Simmons to be offered to the Jazz for Royce O'Neal. <laughs> It's literally like uh, I, I think I do have a trade though That could work for us What's that? Uh, we will take Ben And okay. how about you roll the dice on Al again <laughs> Take Al and Richardson Can we
0: just recreate the 2019-20 Sixers without Ben Simmons And
1: just have Shake Milton play Jimmy Butler <laughs> No, he was the
0: 2019-20 Shake Milton was on that team He was our, our, our perimeter creator
1: that's true. I mean, uh, Tkr wouldn't shut up about him. <laughs> yeah,
0: Kevin, uh, I I can't really speak. My name was Shake Milton. Better uh, on no, Twitter I remember. Twitter. I, I love Shake Milton. He's a he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, we, I knew a... him back in college. <laughs> <laughs> back at your uh, SMU days together, you, you guys down there, me, down there it like,
1: me, him, and Sammy. All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they did play together on, yeah. on that team briefly. Yeah. After yeah, was, uh, um, Coach K yeah, ruined his ruin life. Up because he told that he made his mother cry. Uh. Very normal, regular thing for a college coach to do. Um, but before we get too off topic on this, um, so basically what happened was Jalen Brown was never on the table, but he probably responded to whatever Brad's request was, which probably was right now actually i think there it's literally an unworkable trade without jalen brown even in the picture but uh it's like i believe like you i mean not that you guys would ever trade tatum but you can't trade tatum right
1: now because are you kidding me i'm selling i'm selling high before that (laughs) before that true shooting percentage drops down to zero you want him you can have him get get jason ellis out of here <laughs> you can clip that too.
0: So, all right, let me let me pitch this to you then. Tobias Harris for
1: Jason Tatum. That was one of his pro comps. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, Tobias's a, true like, shooting percentage is better. I'm just saying. Jay, Tatum is a two time All Star and, um, Jay, you know, Tatum's a twenty is twenty three and already a two time All Star and I mean, but Tobias Harris is thirty and he's a seven time trade asset. So, <laughs> you know. We all know how much Almost Ainge loved assets. Um, you really like you, you. really can't discount how many locker rooms Tobias Harris has been a part of.
0: And and a great locker room guy. And all I'm saying is Boston could use a great locker room guy right now. I'm just saying. Any, anytime I bring up the fractured locker room in Boston, I get the Brian Scalabrini reply of basically you're just jealous of the Celtics' success. And, you're jealous uh,
1: of, the, of the 17 <laughs> rings, buddy. Do you know how many we won – before the Civil Rights Act. <laughs> okay, we have history. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, oh, my, my, favorite, my favorite thing ever about about Celtics, about the whole Celtic saga ever since twenty seventeen is like, you know, so we, we're like these kind of contenders. We keep on we have a rotating cast with the young core. And, like, every single year something happens where, like, we have this, like, massive fall-off. This year it just (laughs) decided to happen in October instead of February. But then getting it out of the way. There's, like, always this report that it's, like, they had a – like, I never forget the 2019 Celtics were spiraling. And then they, like, fucking played Uno on, like, a team flight for, like, seven hours and they all hugged and, like, were best friends again. And then they beat the Warriors in an epic thriller. And then Kyrie decided, like – we did our job. Like I finally beat the Warriors. I'm going to shoot us out of the buck series.
0: Just a- absolute Hooper tradition. Um, going out on top, burning every bridge possible before you go to play with um, your best friend in, in New York. Like we right. all grew up dreaming to do, you know, yeah.
1: Just real quick, the the best quote of all time was like, I ain't going seven for 22 again. And then he went six (laughs) for 24, and it's like, he ain't lying.
0: He wasn't wrong. Technically (laughs) speaking, he did not go seven for 22. (laughs) spitting. But the important part was that he kept shooting and that the players that you want are the ones that shoot through the slumps. They're the ones that just keep hooping no matter what. Do you think it let
1: that stop Kobe ever? Was
0: Kobe yeah, ever stopped by a six for twenty four game? Let's be
1: honest. Uh, well, don't bring that up because it didn't stop them from winning. But that was like the worst day of my life. Um, <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> that or the twenty twelve game six season conference finals. But I do, I do find it kind of funny that Kyrie Irving, you know, for twenty odd years he was there wasn't a shot he didn't like, and now there appears to be two. Oh, folks, have you heard this oh. one?
0: Three, three. If you want to count the booster, because technically he would be eligible, but he's with uh, Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers right now. You know, just getting getting yeah. his mind right, getting ready for Eric Adams, the uh, fascist, to take over in New York, so that he can uh, be sure.
1: reinstated, no matter what. The Jimmy, has, the Jimmy has has a step back, can't be stopped by box and one or the novel invisible virus. <laughs> so you know.
0: You can't you can't crush a Hooper spirit with a deadly virus. It just doesn't work like that. He will just hoop. He will hoop through all of the adversity. Z
1: Mac was afraid of SARS? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Um, uh, the man was a bucket and a problem. But um, so yeah, you can pretty much just dismiss the Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons rumors as much as I want them to be true. There. so
1: they're, I mean, yeah. I I was saying that to you on the first recording that 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 five hour epic that was lost to time we just did. Um, this one's not going to be as good, of course. But um, no, Jane Like my other thought too was like, you know, as much as I don't want to like, I would never want that to happen. But like, I'm a sucker for good ball. Like we were talking about that too. How like all my all my good friends on Celtics Twitter think I'm a fucking freak because like as much as I love the Celtics, like I also I'm like it's cool when like other teams play good. I don't like.
0: If the Celtics- you're you're an NBA fan. You have the Rob Lowe hat with the NFL thing. You just have NBA on it instead. Yeah,
1: like the no, like the Celtics are my favorite team. I would love if they went 82 and 0 every year and won. But at the same time, I love good basketball. I love good team, like good team building. Like I loved the, the KD Warriors, my favorite team to watch of all time. I was obsessed with them. I stayed up till three in the morning when I still lived in Boston to watch it. And like, I was just thinking, like you know, like Jalen. Yeah, it would suck to see him in the fucking red, white, and blue, but. Jalen and Embiid, like, that shot creation, like, like you know, like, Embiid, like, kind of playing more in, like, the post, having Jalen being, like, a movement shooter running around, like, that'd be awesome. It's yeah, the same I wanted you guys to trade for Harden.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I kind of, I mean, I, I obviously agree with that, but I, I, I do think that Jalen, in theory, a player like Jalen would be a fantastic fit with Embiid. I mean... Think about the one time that he had someone that was remotely like Jalen in Jimmy Butler and the team was probably the closest that it will ever come in this era to actually getting to a title, even though they didn't get past the second round, push the Raptors to seven. The thing about the Jalen Brown, like I, 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 I think that. The the idea of the player that we want with with Embiid is that perimeter guy who's just an absolute insane shooter. Jalen's become an incredible shooter over the years. He's a, a legitimate efficient three level scorer. Um, you know, as you said before, like the defense leaves a little bit to be desired, but like it splits the off ball stuff and yeah. But with when you're playing with Embiid, I don't really think you need to worry about that stuff as much. And like, if you had Thibault on the team to cover up some messes too, like, like when when t- from, I haven't watched a ton of the Celtics this year, but from what I've you're heard, missing anything, buddy. I know I'm I'm very aware of that. But from what I've heard, a lot of the time before Smart and Tatum and those guys were able to clean up a lot of the messes that were left by Jalen with the off ball stuff.
1: Well, we're also missing like. the the other the other thing that we're not really talking about either is we're also missing a huge interior presence uh and his canter uh he's um very (laughs) good fighting the good fight and they're treating him like Mahmoud abdul ralph and they're (laughs) silencing him and it's like you know (laughs) you're saying how Embiid got to play with a Jimmy Butler type and it worked and it's like we can't discount the 10 minutes that Jalen Brown has played with Ennis Cantor this year we know the formula works
0: <laughs> I said I think that Cantor needs to be included in any trade so that um, the two CIA assets in the NBA Daryl Morey and, and Ennis Cantor can be reunited
1: you know what's my, my favorite thing ever to throw out there like it gets people so mad, but I I take out my little calculator. I type in a few numbers, and uh, every single time I people complain about Cantor, I remind them he has a higher per than Bill Russell.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, those are just the facts. Those are
1: straight from Hollinger's mouth to God, right there. <laughs> hey, we want eleven rings with the guy with a twenty per, Okay, you're telling me like well, the sky's the limit with a twenty four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, Cantor is a little bit of a problem.
1: On the court, little well, bit the of a problem. Only off the, person, court. the only two thing that matters for Perr is rebounding and efficient scoring. And efficient scoring, I mean, eighty percent because he only shoots off like putbacks. But like he does the two things that Per likes.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, those are the two most important things. Rebounding is that we have Andre Drummond, so I understand the importance of individual rebounding. Now, that's the only thing that
1: matters. And actually, oh, yeah. the greatest Andre- uh, rebound percentage ever like it's scary how high it is yeah, andre drummond or, or canter oh no drummond like um you know i'm a big like like when i do like my little comparisons between players if anyone here and follows me you know how much i i'm obsessed with my stupid little spreadsheets that i just make for fun i like to color code uh, i'm a loser i get no ass of course um <laughs> live with the woman but you know still i get no ass uh that's what they always tell me but um no like my, my favorite thing to uh do is like you know like i I, i'm past the ppg and the rpg stuff i'm really like i kind of like looking at like the percentage stuff and you don't like role player games what's up you don't like role player games no, no, no. Like I'm past like PPG, RPG assist per game. Like I don't. Look yeah, it was at, a it was a bad joke. Oh, went <laughs> over, no, it just went over <laughs> my head. Um, no, but it's like you know you look at like the percentages and you're like, oh wow, like you know Will Chamberlain averaged 30 rebounds a game, but there was 150 rebounds a game back then, so his rebound was like Whoa, right. and yeah. then it's like, oh wow, Drummond like Drummond grabbed 38 percent of all available rebounds on the court. It's like god damn why does he suck so bad
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey that's the best backup center in the nba and our current starter that you're talking about
1: i had a tweet about him like a month ago where it was like andre drummond reached some certain like threshold like whatever amount of rebounds and i was like this guy's gonna retire with like fifteen thousand points and twenty thousand rebounds and someone's gonna look at his back like a one of our kids is gonna look at his basketball reference page in 2040 and be like Yo, Dad! This guy was incredible, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, he sucked." Actually, <laughs> like
0: Wait, are you? Talk- I I was told by Lakers fans that he's Kareem Abdul Jabbar.
1: Um, I mean, mate, I, I, I mean, he played against plumbers, so I mean, <laughs> true. Yeah, you put all right. You put Drummond in the
0: 1970s and the 1980s, and he's probably top five all time. We never hear about. Um, we never hear about Bob McAdoo again. well we we know here in philadelphia that drummond is a bucket and a problem he actually had a game uh the trailblazers game the game that Embiid was out he was the first player since 1990 that had like i i said it on the last episode or two episodes ago but it was basically like he was the first player since hakeem to have like basically an incredibly efficient scoring night with five assists five steals five blocks like he has games where you're like, "Holy shit, this guy's amazing." And then the next game he is like just kind of a disaster. But this oh. g- th- this year so far, I'm honestly been impressed with how good Andre
1: Drummond has been. And I know, and I say that without it's any sense wrong. of irony. Um what what I admire about him is him being a 7-foot stiff, but like never ever giving up on his dreams to be a shooting guard. <laughs> like he just didn't win the, ge- he won the genetic lottery in some way, but he didn't win the lottery to like play like Kyrie Irving or Jamal Crawford, but it's never stopped him from trying a dribble. Move. The, gr-
0: the greats, the greats.
1: No, dribble but it's never, you know, like all those, like I admire him not giving up like those videos of him, like trying to like dribble between his legs and the ball flings to the top of the, the quick and loans arena or wherever the hell you play.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wells Fargo center. Dude, Wells Fargo.
1: We were, yeah, I, d- a different, a
0: different fraudulent, uh, banking organization. Um, So uh, actually funny you bring that up because Rudy Gobert has been cooking, folks. I don't know if you saw, but he created this –
1: Rudy Gobert. His name is Rudy Gay. Oh,
0: yes. The best Rudy G on the Jazz. Um, but he, Rudy Gobert, I'm not even kidding. I saw him dribble like DJ Khaled into a uh, little hook move last night and got uh, – he, he did a little one-dribble pull-up, two-dribble pull-up and cooked Wendell Carter Jr. So I just have to say, Wendell Carter Jr., I know you're like 22 years old. Uh, my buddy Matt said it on Twitter. You just got to retire. If, if, if Rudy oh. Gobert is creating a shot on you <laughs> – in oh, the nba you just give just give up you're done
1: so i think rudy gobert is the perfect litmus test for like when you start respecting rudy rudy gobert that's when you've officially crossed over into uh you lose your hooper card yes I love, advanced stats. I love grass i love bars i love all that stuff i still am not there i still am a l plus ratio gobert in the mud guy <laughs> Oh, absolutely, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't give a fuck if he puts up 40 20 20 10 and 10 for his career. I will never admit that he's a good player. Guns no. I,
0: I mean his greatest his greatest skill is being tall and having
1: long arms. I mean, he also somehow had the capacity to, you know, start a a biological weapon that took out uh, the whole entire world. So, <laughs> when he touched those microphones, the day the earth stood still. Yeah,
0: Rudy is uh, patient zero, and uh, we we wouldn't be here talking right now with Sixers having four players in COVID protocols right now if it weren't for the
1: uh, biological terrorists. I would like to be the one millionth person to make the the he-deserved-DPOY-for-shutting-down-the-whole-league joke. Those (laughs) were some dark times when there was no NBA games for like six months, so we were like, we had to recycle the same jokes before the (laughs) renaissance of Lamicki and A. Disney came out. Yeah! Oh my God! That's what a what a comeback best of all time! I yeah. love it. I love Lamicky.
0: Yeah, L- Lamicky is uh, is just constantly. I'm just constantly reminded of the genius of the internet when, when is referenced, the Disney plus titles, the, and especially since the Lakers have just completely crumbled since that title. Like it just, Oh, their best player is
1: Carmelo. (laughs) That's not even joking. (laughs) Oh my God. 16 off the bench on like 50, 40, 90. Who is this guy? You know, this is a, you know, this is
0: a great start to the real Hooper episode because we've already mentioned Jamal Crawford and Carmelo Anthony and And we're not even, and who? Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay, the original Tobias Harris. Um,
1: Brother.
0: (laughs) So let's talk just a little bit before we get uh, into our real hooper-pilled shit. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the Celtics start to the season. I know that that's your favorite thing to talk about is when the Celtics are struggling. So I just want to say, and I mentioned this in passing before, why is it that, like, every year there seems to be something new with the Celtics in the locker room, but it's like, so Jason Jalen and Marcus are like seemingly good friends off the court, but always like, like, Smart th- through like a subtle diss at them like a week ago. And obviously you guys have kind of got things back on track. You won two games after that, including you beat down the fraudulent Miami Heat. And you also uh almost you got killed again by Luca at the last second against the Mavs, but you, you competed you know, I, in that game.
1: Could I speak about that game? Yeah, speak about it. That is actually the, like, and I don't want to do the, I I don't, like, want to sound like a mark here. That is actually the most inspiring game of the season for me. Like, I don't care that we didn't win. That's the first time this year that we didn't lay down and die. Yeah. Like, you know, Tatum was shooting, like, four for 11, so career night for him, basically. Um, (laughs) But Tatum was shooting four for 11. He hit his head, and he got taken out. We were down by fucking 30. And I was sitting here on the couch, my – um my girlfriend was going out like dancing or something. And she's like, do you want to like come? She's like, do you want to go to like the club? And I'm like, no, I have to sit here and watch the Celtics. suck." Like, I'm obligated to like to suffer. Yes. Like I was like, no, like I want you to go have fun. I I enjoy being a miserable piece of shit. So I was (laughs) sitting there and like, it was bad. Like I ordered Wendy's. I was eating a piece of, I was eating a, a piece of bread with cheese on it. Like it was, it was down bad. And then all of a sudden Tatum comes back. And we claw our way back and I was like, this is nice. Tatum had a hockey assist where he like wrapped the ball around his head to Schroeder who uh, did a lob to Rob. And like, I was like, that's one of the best plays I've seen all year. And then of course we lose on a buzzer beater three. What are you going to do? That's all luck. Like that's not like the team falling apart. That's luck. It was, it was contested. And I was like, you know, that means more to me than a win over fucking uh, (laughs) Anthony Doyle's Kyle Lowry in Miami. (laughs) Yeah. I was, like, pretty fine with that. Like, you know, a lot of Celtics fans were like, oh, of course, we lose again. And I was like, okay, we just got beat by, like, the fucking Raptors by 40. Like, can you be happy that, like, against the best offense and, like, one of the best offenses and, like, a generational superstar, it took him hitting a a contested three to beat us? Like, that's kind of encouraging. Yeah.
0: And also, it just seemed like, I don't know if you you watch the Celtics broadcast of that game, but... Everyone kinda knew what was coming on that last position and it's just like you know, I mean, you, know you know you know what's dude. gonna happen.
1: What's that? Lucas been that dude. Like I'm I'm yeah. fine with like you know, if that was like Isaiah Roby, I would probably <laughs> lose my shit. But if if Raul Nito did that <laughs> Nito, I, baby. I, I Sixers Legend. Live, yes, but I can live with, you know, the heir apparent doing it.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean I I I just was like it was so identical to the last time that Luca did this to the Celtics last year that I was like, I mean, what really can you do to stop this man? Like you said, it was contested. They had multiple guys there. He's just he's just like you said, he's the dude and uh, can't really do anything about that. But I just I was generally speaking more about the fact that it's like anytime you bring up the fact that like the and Zach Lowe even brought this up on his podcast and it got Scal a little bit pissed and he got defensive. Which was oh, essential. Wow. Scal, uh, Matt? No. Scal like a- was scal was mad because he basically said You're thinking it, of someone else. Well he he just he just um, you know was saying that Like something has felt off with the Celtics for a few years now and it's like when they were winning it seemed like it was fine but then once they started to like you know they had the issue in the bubble with Marcus and and Jalen getting into it after the game they had Marcus talking in the press recently like and then obviously last year you had like all the COVID stuff the team fell off Jalen got hurt before the playoffs and you guys obviously underachieved on the whole Uh, there were a lot of factors to that but like I don't think we underachieved I don't think we underachieved Okay. So you think that that team was like a succeed in the first round out?
1: No, I mean, that, oh, so you guys like, playing I, team. I think, I think Jason a Tatum dropping uh, 50 points and, and, you know, beating uh, the fucking Nets, like with that roster. Like, I think that's about as best as you're going to get. True. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I'm
0: not, I was just speaking generally about the season because you guys are coming off the Eastern Conference Finals appearance. You have high expectations heading into the season, and then it ends up with you guys as
1: a play-in team. You know... Okay, yes, from that from that perspective, yeah, you're you're one hundred percent right. But I mean, I actually sometimes I kind of think that we overachieved the year before. Right. In the sense that like, you know, we played the Raptors, like a seven game series. I mean, you know this all too well with the twenty nineteen <laughs> no, the, you know this with the twenty nineteen Raptors. Yeah. You play a team to a seven game series that comes down to a wire, you're almost playing to a draw. Yep. Like and like, like this, like you know, when you played the Raptors, like it's not like the Raptors went out there and and, and whooped your ass. Like it took the only buzzer beater in Game Seven history when right. we beat the Raptors on. Um, funny enough, it was on nine eleven. Never forget um, <laughs> when we beat the Raptors. Like that was that, that, was, that was actually Anthony Doyle's personal nine <laughs> eleven. I mean, yeah, Anthony David Doyle. Um, but um, no, uh, we. Um, I'm not gonna say that we, like we overachieved. I still think that like we should have probably beat the Heat. But I mean, that was such a wonky year that like, like, you know, like that was just a very wacky playoffs all around because of COVID, the bubble. Like we had TJ Warren, TJ Warren and and Tyler Hero were Michael Jordan and and Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? Like it it wasn't, so like, I don't really take that. And then when people bring up like, oh, well, you were in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2018. I'm like, 2018 in the NBA might as well been a decade ago.
0: It's very different, very different conference. I mean, it, that was an incredibly weak Eastern Conference. It's a different team.
1: Terry, yeah, different, and, Terry, yeah. and, Terry and Mook were playing big minutes, and like those guys True. don't exist here anymore. It's like people do this thing too. And then, you know, Jalen and Jason, because they made the Eastern Conference Finals at at you know the ripe old age of 19, now that's their expectations for life. And I'm like, yo, like fucking James Harden is an MVP and three-time runner-up and a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he hasn't been into the finals since he was 22. Yeah. No, like, I, I, I definitely think there is it, – it's funny because
0: um, I, I'm not even speaking generally on like how far the team gets. I just mean like it seems like every year there's something new that pops up in the locker room where it's like guys get into it. Maybe that is a result of not winning a ton of games in the regular season or whatever. Marcus they, is – They obviously think that they're – the,
1: Marcus is what? A complicated figure. He's like this. the The Celtics' relation, our relationship with him. I'm sure that you've you follow plenty of us. You see it like that. We love him and we trust him. Like you live with the four for eleven. You live. You live with the four for eleven three nights, or the the God forbid, the two for seventeen three nights because right. he'll game winning shot or he'll he'll dive for the loose ball and break his neck to win a game in February. Like you live with it, but like. I am a little bit uh, tiffied with him right now because it's like, you know, I understand all that. And I still love the guy. Like he's one of the most important basketball players in my lifetime. He has, he gave us an identity and all that, but it's like, you know, I, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I know I'm going to get shit from this from my Celtics friends when they listen to this, it rubbed me the wrong way when he went to the media to say that about Jalen and Jason. Cause it's like, you know, they're fucking professionals. They're kids to you, and they've never once went out there and been like, "Hey, maybe Marcus shouldn't shoot that much. Hey, maybe Marcus should hit from the corner. Hey, maybe Marcus should, you know, stop hurting himself in December." They've never done that, you know. Jalen and, and Jason, like it's like you know, as a young kid, and like what high what expectations. I wouldn't even blame them if they if they did do that, but they've never done that, and it's like you know, you got to be the adult here. You're the longest tenured Celtic on the team. You're like the second oldest guy on the team. Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's kind of the thing. So it seems
0: like every once in a while. And and by the way, this the the, the reports that came out about like there being like tension in the locker room last year. And like I remember specifically Chris Mannix reported on um, like Brad Stevens not liking Marcus Smart. And then he was like immediately extended like two months later. So the, 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 some of the stuff oh, I coming think out, one loves him. What's that? Manif- yeah. Well, hey, clearly, me. clearly, they just extended him, and and it's it's weird to me that like, I, and I understand he is like this cult figure and icon in Boston and longest tenured Celtic. Like you said, he gave you like the toughness, the grit, identity, or whatever. But like, like you said, like if you're third or fourth best player, saying that about your first and second best player in the public after like like after you played like shit, <laughs> like it, it it, doesn't really like it. Let, let's say the let's say last year when the Sixers fell apart and shit. If Tobias Harris came out and said the same shit about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, I'd be furious.
1: No, You know what it gives me big vibes of, too, and why it scares the shit out of me. It gives me huge when Draymond uh, publicly, you know clowned Kevin Durant and then yes. was gone two months later and it's right. like good job dickhead like you know what I mean like, like Draymond Green he's like the same fucking guy for them like he's been there forever he's the defensive stalwart he's the emotional leader and it's like I get that but like you know maybe leave Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum alone <laughs> yeah like, like you're not on the same you're not on the same and, and Draymond
0: obviously historically is and currently just as a defensive stalwart like you said way better than Marcus Smart Kevin Durant's way oh, better than Jason Tatum. But yes, like they're but not the same, same tier of player. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's, it's, uh, it's, it's the same thing. And it's like, yeah, you remember that too. Like Kevin Durant, he always talks about He played the best ball of his career there. Uh, he loved playing off the ball. He loved doing that. And he was fucking out of there. And if you don't think it's because he said, We don't need you to win. We don't, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're a coward. You're a bitch. And it's like, yeah. And then he was talking to Kyrie Irving in the, in the, in the, at the All-Star game, and he was gone. And it's like you know, it's like the role player. It's like that stupid fucking Drake lyric. Like the role players uh, talking about the starters. <laughs> the
0: bench player, yeah, bench players want to talk about the starters. Like, and it's so like shit. that's
1: like you just don't like. There's a hierarchy. There's a chain of command. And it's like I understand what you mean to the team, but like, do not piss off the star because we're not in 1985 anymore. This is the player empowerment era. Guys will leave. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: uh, on, on top of that, like, obviously, you know like Tatum and and Brown being under contract for i think 3 that to 4 years. That seen. doesn't matter anymore. That does. Right, that's what I was going to say. Is, yeah, exactly. Like nowadays players just control their destiny a lot more often than than they and did that's before. Beautiful, but be nice to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So obviously um you know What's happened so far with the Celtics has been pretty much the the polar opposite of what has happened with the Sixers, even though obviously the Sixers have their own fucking shitstorm going on with Ben Simmons off the court. But so far to start the season, the Sixers have been in the exact opposite direction. Obviously, all this COVID shit is going to throw a wrench into it. But right now, I don't know about you, but before the season, I actually had you guys finishing ahead of us in the standings. I thought that because you guys kind of rounded out your rotation a little bit better with more vets and the oh, fact with bad that players? Like, what's that with bad players.
1: Yeah. That's no. <laughs> it for winning?
0: So I obviously don't think Josh Richardson's good. Never did. Uh, watched him play for the Sixers. He was absolutely terrible. Watch him play for the Mavericks. I didn't like that one, but I thought that I thought that the Schroeder Horford combination plus a step in the right direction from all your young guys, including
1: what I expected with Jason Tatum, which was that Tatum he's was on the go- upswing, though. Tatum's on the, like, he always does this. He has his cold, like, all shooters that shoot have, he's on the upswing. He had a great game. Like, the, I did want to mention that too, but we, like, on that, as a guy who loves NBA history and, like, loves stuff like that, I do, like, sometimes I miss the days of, like, the, the superstar wings just going one on one at each other. That was a beautiful like 2003 game, you know, like Luca had 32, nine and five. Uh, Tatum had 32, 11 and two or whatever. They had a couple of steals. They both shot efficiently. Like that was fun. And yeah, like- no, I love a good, Tatum's, back. Game. Tatum's back. Okay. So, Jalen's been amazing. No, Jay,
0: I know Jalen's been great. My thing has been with with the Celtics is that I expected Tatum to go from like this top 15, maybe you could argue as highest top
1: 12 guy to like maybe he takes that leap and jumps into the – What's that? You're not going to like what I have to say. What's that? I, oh, I thought he – I was saying at the end of last year he was top eight. Okay, so – you're a Celtics
0: fan, so I'm going to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. And I know that he was great in that one playoff game and did all that, but the, the biggest thing, and obviously all starts especially to start this season, it's been weird with the new ball Dave, and Dave. the lack of offseason. Dame, there's a lot of guys. I'm not saying that there hasn't been guys who have struggled, but my prediction was that Tatum was going to make that leap into the top guys. And the one thing with him... No, I know. And and it's not to say that he can't turn it around. But what I'm saying is the one thing that has kept him in my mind from that is just like the consistency and like, yes, he is a shooter. Yes, he is a scorer. He's going to go through cold streaks. But like the lows for Tatum have seemed lower than I expected, even though I know that he starts cold to start every season.
1: What, what doesn't what doesn't scare me? Uh, about it is the play. Okay. Like what doesn't scare me is that the low is like, obviously Jason Tatum has a huge playoff resume. He's probably like in the top 10 all time, most played playoff games by whatever age he is. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he has a huge playoff, like uh portfolio. He's played over five or 6,000 playoff minutes. Um, and he never seems to have these nights in the, like in the playoffs. He's always great. Yeah. And like, so like, well, that doesn't scare me. What also doesn't scare me is, I mean, like, I mean, I've seen James Harden, like, there used to be the joke, like James Harden, one of the most efficient, best players ever. And I mean, I remember there was he used to fucking shoot tour dates all the time. Yeah, like that's what happens. Like the only the only person the thing that sucks is that his like the guy who we all wanted to be is Kevin Durant, and the thing that sucks is that Kevin Durant has never had that night. Right. That's but the and that's the thing. Is that the, the
0: historical expectations for Jason Tatum based on his resume before he turned twenty three or twenty two, whatever it was, were extraordinarily high and i think that part of it that people can be can be blamed for that is their own expectations but on top of that is the fact that you have like now the celtics are i don't even know where you guys are in the standings this is very early in the season you can obviously turn it around but my expectation coming into the season was that tatum was going to be clearly one of those top 10 guys it wasn't even going to be arguable anymore and that the celtics would benefit from that and be a top four seed in the east because of it and the more i've i was wrong about a lot of things going into the season including the sixers who have been way fucking better than i expected and you know this being a celtics fan Doc Rivers, for some reason, it, when he is in the biggest of moments, can be uh, not a great coach to say the least. When now, he, it depends when on who he, he has. Of course, uh, dude. First off, I, I come on the podcast all the time, and I say nine times out of ten, I don't give a shit about the coach. I don't think that coaches are what n- n- there I isn't.
1: Think, there I isn't a coping really enough. What's I don't that? think they win games. I think they lose games. I think <laughs> That's absolutely. That's the When games, coaches lose them. Absolutely. And, like, the thing is,
0: is that, like, there isn't one coach in the NBA or, like, three coaches in the NBA that I think, like, just give you such an advantage over other guys. Who, like, Spo? But, like Spo's a great coach, don't get me wrong, but like Spo also has had and in 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 the right scenario with the right players, yes, he can give you that advantage. saw it.
1: what's that? Do you remember in, you can't forget in 2018 when they did that thing where they asked the entire like when they asked the NBA if the if there was a fantasy draft where every single player was on the table and Brad Stevens went 21st. <laughs> People were like, yup, like Carl Anthony Towns, Brad Stevens, and I have Giannis right behind him.
0: Yeah, uh, makes a lot of sense. uh, Yeah, that, that, that is my point, though, is that The one thing that Doc is really good at as a coach, and he did this with his tenure. I don't know about his tenure with the the Celtics as much, but I know that he did this in his tenure with the Clippers, which was when the expectations were lower and he had less to work with, that his teams actually performed incredibly well. And that's what the the Sixers have done to start this year. Obviously, we have Joel Embiid, but honestly, Joel Embiid has not been the reason why this team is winning. It's kind of what I saw when I looked at the Atlanta Hawks and I saw their depth. And I was like, oh, damn, that team's just like really good from one to ten. Like, I think that they're going to finish high. They're going to be coming off the high of last year. Trey Young is going to take another step. Like, their young guys are just going to get better. And I felt like with the Sixers, it had an easy – it could have all fell apart from the jump because of the Ben stuff. But Doc has gotten these guys motivated to play every single night. And Maury has done a great job of just building a really good bench like – Cork Moss is fucking awesome right now. Drummond has been great. George Niang has been awesome. Like the Sixers have, have have essentially done what I have asked them to do for years during the Simmons and Embiid era,
1: which is literally just have playable bench players and it's worked fantastically. I need to comment on George's Niang. Um, very, very just small tidbit that is inconsequential. The day I found out, when I saw the name George's Niang and I saw like the all of complexion, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's from the Mediterranean. Yep. I'm from Massachusetts, all right? I live in Chicago now. I'm from South Boston, Massachusetts. Ever see the Departed? But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think people can tell by your accent. No, but so, like, I'm from, like, Southie or whatever. When I found out one day, I was tweeting, and I was like, man, like, this, I was like, Georges Niang, like, when he was telling the Jazz, and we were playing the Jazz, and Gordon Hayward used to always play terrible against the Jazz, and I was like, damn, like, Gordon Hayward always sucks against his old team, and I was like, he's getting cooked by this Euro stash and then someone was like, "Who is the hell is the Euro player?" And I was like, "George's Niang." And they were like, "Dude, he's from Methuen." <laughs> yep, he's and from Massachusetts. Like, he's from the he's from the North Shore. <laughs> like, he's from yeah. We used to play them in like fucking high school. I'm like, man, like like go like Methuen, Mass is like where. Also, the the funny thing about Methuen, Mass too, it's where every single person who calls into our local radio show is from. Like, hey, Felga, it's Mike from Methuen. It's <laughs> this is a boring old rundown mill town. They're like a place where you could think that nothing interesting could have ever happened, and somehow they produced an NBA player. So good for them. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's funny you say that because I literally had my friend who is a big Sixers fan, follows the team pretty. I mean, he listens to this podcast. Like, he, he's pretty, pretty big into the Sixers. And he texted me two days ago and said, I literally just realized I, he heard Yang talk for the first time and was like, this guy's from fucking Massachusetts. He literally thought the same exact thing from you. He was like, I could have he, He's like, he has a, a name that sounds like a Euro player. It, it, he, it, he has been. This is, this sounds insane. George Niang has been a revolution for the Philadelphia 76ers. he's He's a damn good player. He's good. I, I, I had all I knew about him was that he played on the Jazz and uh, he stood that there a and sign. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, the thing is, is that I, I assumed that uh, you know the fact that he was the ninth man on the Jazz and didn't look great in the playoffs or whatever that he just he was a stiff who sucked. But uh, no, he's been great for the Sixers so far. I really can't complain. He's gonna have to take another step, uh, obviously, with even more COVID shit going on right now. But the Sixers. For now, obviously the vibes are going to be a little bit different moving
1: forward. But but uh, let's let's move on to I um, say about Doc. The one thing that I think gets discounted, he's a not an X's and O's guy, sucks at anything related to that. But when like the <laughs> O H Celtics, like one of the reasons why, like we were kind of like the 2018 Red Sox, like like it's not like we were like oh yeah, like they they were a good team who won. It's like no, like from the from opening night until the last game of the season, like they were kind of just like a buzzsaw – like right. They, they won 67 games. They started off the season 29 and two. One of the things that doc has always been good of good as is if he has a lot of stars and personality is like keeping them friendly, right? Like he's not like, which can't be discounted because a lot of coaches let the locker room run amok and it turns into like LeBron wanting to trade everyone or it turns into Steph and, and, you know, Katie not getting along and like, you know, when you have fucking Rajon, Rondo, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, like four legendary assholes all together, yes. <laughs> all together like that could have been a disaster like that. That could have not worked Four guys at all are, are like, you know, they want theirs. And they played great team basketball because Doc was like, hey, guys, like, chill out. Like, let's win a title. I'm not going to run any plays. I'll let Rajon do that. <laughs> Rajon was a court coach. <laughs> yes, that's that's the
0: thing is that I, I I talked about this before when I was furious after the Nets collapse I was basically like what does Doc do well and the one thing he has proven to do well is the ego management side of things obviously I think that he was a player you know yeah I I think that's that's the that's an element of it uh, obviously everything that happened with the bed situation didn't handle that great but. I still stand by the fact that everything that Doc said was not wrong. I don't think that he should have said it in that capacity, but I don't think anything Doc or Embiid said was wrong. And like, ultimately, he can't make sense of this Ben situation. This is unprecedented. Exactly, and and that's kind of that's kind of what I, I have come around to is like, and one of the things that the fact that you bring up, the fact that it's like he had these four stars three hall of famers well they'll all be hall of famers but the three clear hall of famers the big 3 there it, it is basically if you get the talent the other shit will figure itself out as long as you can get everyone on the same page and it's one of the reasons why i usually i i T- I don't care all that much about coaching in general. No, he's a vibes what, coordinator. He's not a. coach. Yes, <laughs> literally, a, a vibes curator is what I've called him on here, and and he's it, he's been doing a great job with that so far this year, and the the vibes are off the charts, and and you 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 guys just need to recalibrate your vibes. I think uh, Udoka just needs to go to maybe
1: some sort of vibes camp. No, is there can, a camp for that. What, you know what's the big problem with Ime? And, and like, trust me, like, I don't, I'm not as low on him as everyone else. I think he seems like a good guy. I mean, he bagged me along, so he's doing something right that I'm not, but like, you know, <laughs> he's a good guy and he sounds cool, but I think the issue is that he played the bulk of his career with the Spurs and he learned a lot of stuff from pop, which is great, but that shit don't work anymore. Yeah. Like. He played with the th- the only three. He played with Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, and Manu, aka the only three stars in the last twenty years that eat shit from the coach. And <laughs> True. Then he's like, "That's how every team works, and right?" It's like, "Oh no, man!" Or like, you know, Pop would be like, "Don't argue with the refs. Like, play the game the right way." And Timmy was like, "Anything you say, skip." And it's like, "Nope, and- yeah, no one, no one else does that." And it's like, I think he just needs to like adjust to them. And he also. He was also the coach uh, for like Nigeria, right? Like in the international play and international play takes the ref stuff a lot more seriously. Like I think he just had and it, being a FIBA coach and being a Spurs coach are like the two, the two worst places to learn how to coach modern NBA basketball. <laughs> yeah. It's but very, very boomerish. I'm fine pooperous. with it. Like I don't give a shit about players whining to the refs, but like, you gotta to adjust to that. Like it's like being a publicist for like a celebrity like now. Like it's not nineteen fifty. Like you have to deal with them going off the rails. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: it's basically, and I, I said this before, it's like it's statistically proven the more you complain to the reps, the more you actually get calls. So I I think that element of it, like and and he'll probably figure things out
1: along the way. Um you're I think I- I- Iverson. Iverson What's that? You're you're like your guy, your franchise icon, Iverson. Mm-hmm. Um iverson like the refs were fucking afraid of him you know he was <laughs> yeah absolutely he was six feet tall driving into uh into a paint of giants <laughs> and he was getting you know he was one of the original like you know what like you know I, I might not be able to score efficiently because of my size but i can i can take punishment and he would get his calls i mean he would tell the ref like like i got fucking fouled and they're like i'm not messing with this dude yeah, like, no. I, I And nowadays,
0: like literally name a superstar who doesn't constantly complain to the refs. It's Tim Duncan, and that's it. But like modern players, like, like currently in the NBA, I can't think of a single uh, one. Kawhi, just because I, he doesn't open his mouth often. Yeah, I was going to say he's a robot. I don't know. He just kind of is like, I function to play basketball and everything else is just, you know. Fucking so uh, yeah, part. part of that.
1: He's like, I don't understand. Why can't you just score? Uh, <laughs> he's like,
0: I I will just score on every single possession if I want to.
1: That's like that KD quote. That the my favorite thing about Kevin Durant is his quote the other day where he was like. um, I don't know what everyone's talking about. Like the new ball feels fine to me. And then like the funny thing too is this season I saw. So in the 10 or so games he's played where he's averaging like an obscene 35 points a game or whatever, the lowest field goal percentage he's had so far is 44%, which is like, you know, once again, a career night for for Tatum Rashard Lewis over there. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, yeah, like uh, Kevin Durant, every single time he opens his mouth has like this air about him where it's like, yeah, basketball. It's easy. Like, why are you not good at it? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, a I'm a shooting guard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not.
0: Uh, you don't have freakishly long arms that could just shoot over uh a massive men that also play the sport. Why? Why don't I would just simply do that if I'm I were. If I, I, were you. I still
1: think he's the best player in the NBA. You think that Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA? I do my weekly power rankings on Twitter. I like. I always do that. Like, because I, I like to keep a running log because I as a as a noted loser I like to give my like I don't I don't believe the NBA Media Awards are a real thing. I have my own spreadsheet of every year ever where I picked my own awards. And when I get when I rank players, I'm like, yeah, he won the turn MVP. Um, like, <laughs> They're like, wait, what? What is that? It's, it's, it's better than the real MVP. Like, yeah, like you know, like Steve, like on my thing, it's like Steve Nash, number 72, zero MVPs, and like he won two. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, Allen Iverson and uh, Shaq won those too. <laughs> Um, but no, so like I, I the, eye I test MVPs. Well, no, I just think they were better. Like yeah. I, I, I used the stats too. Like I thought they were better. Like I, he didn't, Never mind. I don't feel like going into Steve Nash, but, but like, no. So I keep a running log throughout the year. I started about five or six years ago because I was like, okay, it was one thing to do historical stuff, but I kind of like keeping the running log where I'm like, who did I think was the best at any point in the season? And it's like, you know, stuff like that. Like, oh man, like maybe this guy didn't end up the best player, but he was the best player for 46 weeks. And I'm like, that matters to me. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. So- I mean, that's kind of
0: the, Ke- the Kevin Durant thing now is like, was he like, people were arguing this over the offseason, which was like, Was he, was it Giannis? Was it him? Is there recency bias built into this? You know, now Steph's having this, uh, although apparently he wasn't shooting great to start the year, but he's having, the Warriors are having this great season, blah, blah, blah. I think that there are like five or six guys right now. You could argue the best player in the NBA and I would not have a problem with it.
1: So I do tiers and I I, I don't, every week when I tweet out my my thing, I do a top five and it's it's numbered, but you can always assume that you could switch any of them out. And right. Like right now, like my whole, like my, the five guys who I'm going with right now has the claim for best player in the NBA. I mean, I personally think it's it's KD, but that's just me. But like KD, Giannis, Steph, Jokic, and Paul George. Paul George, okay, yeah, I know George he's is been playing incredible basketball. I know he's and been. My, I have he's been hooping it up. I have indeed right outside that, and if it makes you feel any um, any better too. Um, I thought Embiid last year. Like, I also give out my own. <laughs> I'm, I, I, am a, a total <laughs> asshole. I give out my own stuff too. Like, I'm like, oh, the scoring title. Like, that's not real. Just because you scored the most points per game, I kind of take into account like, you know, how you scored the points, like points per 100 possessions, all that shit. I thought, I thought Embiid was the most efficient scorer in the league last year. Yeah, I mean,
0: on a per possession basis or per minute basis, I believe Embiid is literally the most efficient scorer of all time, I believe. As
1: a, as a, as you know, his archetype, you could call him like some sort of versatile, big post scorer. He had a, like a 56% free throw rate last year. And I'm like, that's incredible. Like, and he was scoring 44 points per 100. And I'm like, he was crazy. He was off the charts last year. And I'm like, but Brad, what? Because Bradley Beal scored 30 points a game playing garbage time minutes for a bad team. He's a better scorer
0: right that's kind of what i've been saying because sixers i like bradley beal but sixers fans seem to be very enamored with the idea of bradley beal and i think that there's a lot more context to it which is literally what we're going to be talking about today actually this is literally like the next conversation this kind of segues perfectly into that which is we're going to be talking about pure
1: hoovers Every time we hit the red lights Just shine ain't nothing but a good day. Don't die, they teach him how to pump fake Big shot, bitch said it, I'm a cool cat Fuck that, tell them bitches I'm a top dog Get shot, rollin' with them, let the propane Outside, bunch of niggas doing donuts Yeah, got the money in the headlock Big dog, every time we hit the red lights Just shine ain't